Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast. It's been a few weeks since I've done a podcast, but um, as they say, when you don't have anything to say, it's better to say nothing at all. But I do have something to say now, and I wanted to talk and analyze a movie that I saw recently that made an effect on me, or kind of made an impression on me. And the movie, you can find it on Netflix. It's called Seven Prisoners. Seven Prisoners. Uh, It's a Brazilian movie. Sete Prisioneiros. Seven Prisoners. And it's directed by... uh, Oh... uh, Alexandre... Something, I can't remember what his last name is. Alexandre... You know, I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. It's uh, it, it just came it was just released this year 2021. And it's a very very good movie and I want to talk a little bit about it and why I think it illustrates some of the things that we've talked about in the past, some of the themes that we've we've dealt with or dwelled on. Um so you can think about them. So you can think about them. This is the this is the the general plot of the movie. The movie is basically about uh, it centers on a young man named Mateus, who is basically a, a caipira, you know, the, like a hick, a guy from the country, the countryside in Brazil. And he is in a state of poverty, like many of his friends, his family, his mother works long hours to make ends meet. But as always, you know, the cost of living always seems to eat up all of her earnings. So he's kind of in a dead-end situation there. And suddenly he's there's some recruiter that shows up at his house. And this man offers to take him and some other young men in his village to Sao Paulo, uh, which is Brazil's largest city, a huge, huge metropolis, and offers them a job and says, the you know, he makes all these lavish promises about how much money there is and blah, 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 and everything's great. So as often happens in these situations, these guys think they have a contract and they get get in a van and they're driven to Sao Paulo uh, for a few hours it takes to get there. And, and they find they're working in a junkyard. And basically the job is to separate copper wire from old scrap cars and to recycle it. Um, but they quickly find out that things are not exactly what they appear. This young man, Mateus, seems to be the natural leader of the group. He's, he's, uh, he's intelligent, he's inquisitive, he's ambitious. And the overseer of the junkyard, a guy named Luca, L-U-C-A, can sense this. But the young, the, 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 the men, the young men there, and I think they're about, you know, 18, 17, 18, 19. These are young, really young guys. But they're, they're adults, basically, but they're young. And they quickly find out that uh, things are not what they appear, that they're basically under the power of this slave driver, basically. I mean, when, when, they, go, when they enter the junkyard, they have to stay there. They have to sleep there. There's a, there's a ratty, disgusting set of bunk beds where they have to live. They have to depend on him for their food. They literally cannot leave the premises. There, there's like barbed wire over the junkyard walls. There's a locked, huge iron gate. They can't leave. So this is like modern slavery. Really, really disturbing stuff. But, you know, this type of stuff happens. You know, it it happens. It happens around the world still. 
when people have no no power, no money, no negotiating position, they they fall victim to these types of scams. And this guy basically, this guy Luca basically tells them all, hey, you know, you owe me, you have to work off your debt. I paid to bring you here, to drive you here for your food, your gloves that you have to use for the, the work here and, and all, you know, all this, you know, the typical pretext stuff. So basically they're, what they thought they were going to be earning money and, and able to send it back home. But what they find out is that they're stuck there and they're slaves and they're basically never going to be let go. You know, it's, it's one of those situations where you can never work off your, quote, debt your alleged debt. So it's a terrible, terrible situation. And what you expect to see, what I was expecting to see when I was watching this movie, that I was expecting sort of a generic thriller type, you know, escape, tale of escape, maybe that uh, this this guy, and then they do try to escape several times, but they're always ruthlessly physically punished and beaten down. But what I was expecting to see was that there would be some sort of retribution that this guy, Mateus, and his friends would escape and they would uh, somehow bring a sense of justice to the picture. But what makes this movie so great and so disturbing and so profound in many ways is that that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Instead, what you see is something very, very different. What you see is that this boss, Luca, He's connected to the criminal underworld. He has connections with the police. He has connections with other sort of human traffickers in the city. And he senses that this young kid, um, Mateus, is ambitious. And he uses that. He uses that to kind of seduce him. And through a lot of these sort of short conversations they have, they kind of feel each other out. And you get the sense that they basically form a sort of a grudging respect for each other. And even though they, in many ways, Mateus hates this guy, he's ambitious and he wants money. And Luca senses this and he holds out the prospect of advancement to this young kid. And he basically says, he, he basically begins to train him as a junior overseer of these other, other guys. So these other kids who thought that uh, Mateus was a comrade, a friend, suddenly realize that they suddenly wake up one, one morning and find out that he's basically now an instrument of the slave driver because of his ambition. And from there, the slide into moral oblivion continues for this guy, Mateus. And this is what makes this a very, very profound movie, a very important movie, because I'm not going to reveal the ending, but it doesn't end up the way you think it's going to end up. What happens is you have this continuing slide into a life of crime by this young kid. And it's a very it's it's not an easy movie to watch. It's a it's an uncompromising film because it doesn't take the easy way out. It doesn't present us things in a nice package. It doesn't say that everything's going to work out great. It doesn't say that truth and justice triumph. It doesn't say any of those things. What it says is that is that power and money and ambition can corrupt. And the desire for these things can make even good people do things they might not otherwise do. And this, this is the lesson. This is really the lesson. 
this is really the lesson here, is that the slide into moral corruption happens slowly. It happens gradually. It happens incrementally. You're tested with little things, and then you're tested with other things, and then you're tested with other things, and slowly you begin to lose your moral base. Slowly you begin to lose your humanity. Slowly you begin to lose your sense of decency, your sense of compassion for others. And you become just like the oppressor who oppressed you. And this, this is what happens. This is what happens. And it reminds us, this movie reminds this, reminds us that ambition and money are great and they're fine and everyone should have uh, ambition and a desire for advancement. But when you do it at the expense of your comrades, if when you do that at the expense of your peers or of your fellow man, if you do this, you undertake a gradual but inexorable slide into moral oblivion and you will pay a very, very high price. You will pay a very, very high price because there's always a price to be paid. And, you know, we talk about these things so often because they're true. All of these things that we talk about here, that we've talked about, these translations, these books, these articles, these essays, all this stuff matters if you're listening. You know, these, these problems have real-world applicability. This tension that we find in, say, Cicero's On Duties between moral rectitude and advantageousness. What do you do when you have a conflict between those two things? What do you do when you're presented with a situation where you, you can do something that's right or you can do something that looks like it's good for the short-term gain? Oh, of course, we all know. We all know what we think our answer would be. But how many of us are really prepared to do that in the real world? How many of us are really prepared to believe what we say and to actually practice it? And how many of us really believe that these moral problems have real-world applicability day in, day out, every single day? They do. Believe me, they do. You may not see it now, but, you know, I'm 53 years old now, and... You know, I'm not very old, but, you know, I guess I'm, I'm kind of getting up there, I suppose. And you see things after a while. You begin to see things. You begin to see patterns. You begin to see situations arise over and over again. And you will find out that, um, you know, it's like that scene in, in Wall Street where Lou puts his arm around Bud, the Charlie Sheen character, and says, Bud, you can't get a little bit pregnant. You know, either you're on the side of right or you're not. Either you're doing the right thing or you're not doing the right thing. Because once you go down that road, man, there's no turning back. There's no there's no recovery. And I think this movie really, really presents that moral dilemma in a very, very stark and very, very lucid way. So I encourage anyone listening to this podcast to see this movie, Seven Prisoners, Sete Prisioneros. And you can find it on Netflix. That's where I saw it. I, I assume you can find it on other platforms as well. But, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a very, very good movie. So I'll just leave it at that. And let me know what you think. So... 
That'll do it for tonight. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.